Podeskew is brought to you by Proper Rumpus Media. The Potaskew Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my head roll like mate Rigo. What's up, man? What's up, motherfucker? Oh, old school today. I like it. I like it. Well, old old school for old fucking movies. So. Old is the key word in these. Yeah, not fucking- not that old. I've seen older, but you know, it's certainly fucking tale as old as fuck. <laughs> it might it might be the oldest ones we've covered. I think. The oldest, um, gr- the oldest grouping. Well, certainly for one of them. I'm trying to think. Two of them. I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, the original West Side Story was probably the earliest we've done. What was the year on that? Do you remember offhand? 61, I think. All right. So this same year. So we'd, okay. we'd be splitting it down to, to months at that point. Okay. So at that, So what you're saying is... We got to do like a Charlie Chaplin episode, is what you're saying. So. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. I, I don't yeah. think I said that. I don't think those yeah. that. All right. Well, I'm saying it. Well, yeah, you've been saying it, but that's I've not making it, it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what's going on? Oh, you know it. It you know. Um, okay. S- still in the fucking move. Uh, we were gonna like do a big fucking run and then we were borrowing Maxwell's van and it decided to die and mm. it won't keep a charge. Mm. Like we'll drive it around all fucking day and then we think we're it's we're good. Park in the driveway, get ready Dead. to do it the next fucking day. And it's just yeah, it's just every day it commits suicide. It's really fucked up. <laughs> okay. So we got to Frankenstein this fucking thing every day. And I told Maxwell, I was like, listen, we appreciate everything like every time you lend it to us. But like us driving, you know, twenty minutes is not doing it. And then we have to like load up. That takes more than twenty minutes. So he he gave us. I mean, he, clearly this has been a problem for him because he had like these jumper cable things. It's like a oh, part I have of one. A, it's a jump box. I have one. The jump yeah. box. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to plug it in. You just fucking hook it up, and it starts right up. But it's like it's fucking heavy. It's it's just such a pain in the ass. My, so mine actually doubles as an air compressor. <laughs> So it's it's both. I can I can do tires and stuff with it too. So it's well, that's good. So we gave it back to Maxwell. We're like, can you can you like t-? because the last time we were gonna go pick it up, not only would it not start, or it would start, but then the alarm would go off, and we couldn't turn off the alarm. So we were at Maxwell's house trying to fucking do this, and like it just we just l- looked like we're trying to steal our own van. So he's going to take it into the shop tomorrow or Tuesday and let us know. So I've told my, my, my family, I'm like, we still have stuff at our, at Hudson street. We're still like, when, when we were going to finally do it, like before all this bullshit, it was pouring ass rain. So we're just like, Jesus Christ. Like, and I don't want to shell out another, you know, 
four hundred dollars to just move some shit here, it would probably be the most, you know, the easiest thing of doing it is just hiring somebody. But it's like Jesus, we're we're pissing through our savings. Right, right. So it's it's been a pain in the ass. But I saw my I saw one of my brothers today and explained the situation. He he understands. Um. So it's it's just been on our mind, and I've been working like crazy. We have Wakanda forever, and I know I have not seen it yet. Uh, but I was there for like the, the premieres and shit, it just, yeah, it, it's just, I can it's imagine just, people are showing up in, in Wakanda African garb and that's awesome. I, it I is awesome, awesome. But one fucking dude came with a goddamn, like, like a horn and like blue, like, like, like an old fashioned animal horn that was yeah, converted yeah, yeah. into a, yeah. an instrument. So he was just like bellowing shit and i was just like looking at my manager like do we stop him like (laughs) what do we do i've never had to deal with some dude fucking blowing a goddamn horn like a like a fucking wakanda louis armstrong like what the fuck is do we do (laughs) so we just didn't do anything and let him do his thing and there was a giant sea of people in the lobby so i haven't seen it yet but it's I, I kind of, I had to be at work. I had to be at work at, uh, eight 30, but I misread the time. So I thought I had to be work at eight. So I got up at six was at work by seven 30, double checked the schedule. And I'm like, Oh, son of a bitch. I'm here an hour early for no reason oh. apart from, I just don't want to be late. So that, and I was super jacked up on coffee that day. I had my usual two when I wake up, had one for on the road, realized what was going on, drank that. And then I was greeter. All the guests like, you know, come in. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, you're, you're going over here. You're going to the left. You're going to the right. You're going to the left. Let me see your ticket, all that stuff. Right. And this couple were just like, Hey, is outside coffee allowed? And I'm like, yeah, that's sort of the only thing that's allowed. You can't bring in a pizza, for example. Right, right, right. And I was, and they were like, "Oh, do you want anything?" And I'm like, "Why do I look like I really need it?" They're like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Sure, I'm ha- yeah, bring me a cup of coffee. That'd be awesome." They bring me a cup of coffee. I down that in like 20 minutes, and then my manager, it was me, my manager, and a whole group of new hires. So we were all just like stressed out. Yeah. And they're early in the morning, and one of my managers was just like, "Rico, do you want anything from Star?" I'm like, "Yes, yes, I would. Thank you. Appreciate that." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like I, I didn't even finish saying starbucks i'm like no i knew what you meant <laughs> he's like well what do you want i'm like can i order my usual he's like sure what's your usual i'm like can i get a venti mocha with two sh- extra shots of espresso he's just like jesus i'm like you want me to work you want me you want me to be able to do my job he's like not a problem i was like buddy that's like an eight dollar cup of coffee are you okay with this like yeah it's fine just get me next time yeah, brought it, me that drank that oh my god it, it, it's funny so the gate levers used to talk about uh one of the things that matt uses to, to promote their patreon he's like it's only for a cup of coffee and then he realized like a cup of coffee is like eight dollars now like to your point and he's yeah. like okay our so we stopped using that because their patreon is not eight dollars a month so yeah they've got to be like it's a cup of coffee at a diner right right right. i forget what he said now but he you know matt he's pretty talented so he came up with something but yeah sure um it's well damn that's uh 
So all in all, with the espresso and everything, I think that particular shift, I had like six, like six cups of coffee. It's well, let's see, two, three, four, five. No, I'm getting seven or eight with the double espresso. So yeah. yeah. So, and then I left at four thirty, and one of them was just like, "Hey, so Ricky, you gonna hang out and watch?" Like, I'm going home. I'm gonna take about four melatonin and go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that was my day. Uh, how are you? How was your How's your day? How have you been? Good, man. I'm uh, I'm, I'm eyeball deep in Ragnarok. This game is so good. Oh yeah. my god, it is so good. I'm having. So I've avoided fun. so much of it because I like seeing like like even our buddy Fumes. Like he was just like yeah, one of his Facebook Live thing. I'm like, nope, I don't want to see it. I don't. I don't. Uh, oh. I, I. It's already been kind of ruined for me a little bit. Yeah, well, I'll tell you. Apparently, one of his one of his people ruined it for Rick a little bit. One of Fumes' uh, people, yeah, not completely, but they, uh, they, they, I don't know if they spoiled something, but they, they showed something that you probably shouldn't have showed two days after the game came yeah. out, like, you know, so. There's um, a goddamn decorum, you wait a week. Yeah, so, and any, I mean, it's okay that Fumes is streaming it, Rick's streaming it, you know, I mean, right. it's, you know, so, but, no, dude, it's, it's good, and, and it's the only stream of Rick's I'm probably not gonna watch, because he might surpass where I'm at, and I don't sure. wanna, so I have to see where he is, but I had, I had off on Friday for, uh, Veterans Day, mm-hmm. you know, bank, banking holidays, you know, that kind of thing, so, mm-hmm. I legit played something like 10 hours of god of war like i i oh my God. yeah i i stopped to eat and use the bathroom and that was about it so right yeah so it's and and surprisingly and this spoils nothing i'm just getting to like the second major mission mm. but that's also because i did all the side stuffs that you can do up to this point like i did right. you know so and the side stuff has some pretty subs- substance to it. So, like, some of the, the one side thing, I think, took me, like, two hours or something. Wow. Yeah. yeah it, there's a lot to this game. And it's... it's been I, I definitely want to play it. I'm just going to wait a little bit. Yeah. No, I get you. And I understand. I totally get it. But it, it it's it's good. It's really good. And as far as Wakanda Forever goes, it's not that I don't want to see it, but I'll probably just wait till it hits... Um, Till I till I can either get to Disney Plus or buy a copy. There is one thing, and it's not a it's not a big spoiler, but it's something to acknowledge that I learned about Wakanda Forever. Sure, is that I don't think there is a bonus credit scene. Really, it's like one of the very yeah. I think they do something mid credits where it's like okay. an acknowledgement of Chadwick. But it's not like the usual Marvel thing. Gotcha. I gotcha. absolutely could be wrong because I haven't seen it. I um, hear I hear the the post credits at the end of Weird is really good too, but I didn't I don't know what it is. Of what? Weird. What the fuck is weird? It's the Weird Al Yankovic biopic that came. Oh, out. that fucking weird. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So. Um. So before we do today's. Uh, subject, topic, episode. I think we should acknowledge that we did lose a fucking titan. Yeah, I actually, I'm glad you brought it up because I meant to. So thank you. Yeah, I think we have to talk about this. I mean, this the the fucking great Kevin Conroy. Yeah, 
the voice of our Batman. I mean, there's always the debate. Keaton, Bale, Affleck, whatever. But most Batman fans, most real, not, I don't want to say real because that sounds like toxic yeah, fandom, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but like before the real debate, it was Keaton is the best live action with, or you could say Adam West. It was, it was Keaton or West really is what right. it was. Yeah. And then it was, but the voice that I hear is always Kevin Conroy based on the oh, animated stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Dude, this fucking hurt me just like Stan Lee. I bet. And weirdly enough, like they, their anniversary of each other's death was really like it's close. Very, yeah. It's it's like yeah. a day, and, and I, a day in like four years, but like or yeah, something like that. Is it? No, I, th- I think Stan's in December. No, man, I just got the uh, the Facebook reminder uh, that Stan Lee died like yesterday or two days ago. November 12th. So, yeah. Actually, it, Rico, it might be the same day. I'm not lying. Hold on. I'm checking Con right now. Kevin might be the 11th. I think Kevin's the, Kevin is the 10th. So, two days apart. Two days. Really? In, you know, like you said, a couple of years. But right. Days, yeah. I mean, essentially, we lost. I, I mean, even my impression of Batman is not Bale. It's, it's Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's the I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Like it's it's Conroy, man. And I saw I saw an interesting. There's been a, as you can imagine, there's been a ton of memes about mm-hmm. this, right? And the most interesting one that I saw, um, well, there were several, but I think I think the most interesting one I saw was there was a tombstone. And on the tombstone, it said Kevin Conroy, and it had his birth year and his death year right underneath it. It said Batman, the year Batman was created, and the same year. Like, essentially saying there's you, Batman's dead because Conroy is dead, you know? So. I, I saw one that was almost exactly that, but I, it said 1992 to 2022 because it was when he first started doing Batman the Animated Oh, yeah, the series. one I saw was like... Oh, I mean, and so. you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue about that point. Like, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, Batman is finally dead. Weirdly enough, like how Gotham Knights is all about how there's no Batman, right? Uh, it's just, it's, it's almost like a marketing ploy that Connery was like a part of. <laughs> like he knew he was gonna pass away. Yeah, and I mean, dude, it's, I, see, I... that's one of those whales that I'm like, I. I always kind of had like lingering hope that I could, we could, I could probably like with my prowess of inviting celebrity guests on here, I, I would have had more of a shot with Kevin Conroy than Mark Hill. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And now it's just like, that'll never fucking happen yeah. because he was big on like mm-hmm. hitting up the fans. He did that whole cameo thing on cameo. You know, he, he, he was, he was, he, he embraced being the bat really like a lot like there were there are some other people who do voices and whatever and they just it's a paycheck you know they go in they do their voice and and it's not not to say they're shitty people but it's just that's just what it is they go do their job they do the recording and that's all it is to them right and it might have been that way for him in the beginning Mm. but by the and when i say the end i don't mean like 
two days ago, but I mean, in the last, you right. know, the, by the end of the animated series and then going on to do the, like, for you, it's the animated series, and I'm not discrediting that, but for me, it's the Arkham games. Well, it's th- you know, That's included. I always view the Arkham games as a sequel to the animated shows. I, it's a little d- too dark for it to be. It's, it's a little my... darker, but you still have Mark Hamill as yeah. the Joker. Yeah. Uh, you did in in Arkham Asylum. You had Arlene Sorkin as yeah. as uh, Harley. As Harley, you know, you had you had the big hitters. You had the regular voice actors. I mean, then like with Arkham Knight and City, they fucked with the voices. It was, but it was still consistently Kevin Conroy. I, I will also say that you know, not to dis- dismiss his his importance here. I feel like some of the Batman that have taken over since he stopped have done good jobs though. Like I, you know, the, the, the one, some of the ones like Troy Baker's done it a few times. You've had, um, Bruce Greenwood did it once. I think Bruce um, Greenwood's done great Batman, uh, Reno Romano in his own way. Yep. So, um, so there, I mean, yes, Conroy's the pinnacle, but there are some, for, for me, I think it can go on. Is it still the peak for sure? But I I think it can go on. There are some characters sometimes where like like I'll tell you right now, probably it's you're probably gonna see it as an apples to oranges type comparison. But like if if Nancy Cartwright, God forbid, dropped dead tomorrow, I don't want someone mm-hmm. else doing home or Bart. Like no, right? You know what I mean? Like right. that? No. Does that make sense? You know, of course. I mean, some roles should should pass with the person, you know. And but it, like there. If if Kevin hadn't already semi retired from doing Batman, I would probably feel the same way. But we've gotten several iterations since he retired from doing that voice. He really didn't retire. Retire. I mean, he from regular. He was still doing Batman, but he wasn't as consistent as because you know, like Warner Brothers was kind of fleshing out their own. DC multiverse of different iterations of well, Batman. Yeah, and then from what I understand, I think he knew he was sick, so he kind of was like, "I need to, yeah. to, I need to dial back how frequently I do this character." So because it yeah. was not good on his his condition Local on ports, hand, yeah. yeah. So he, you know, he dialed it back a little bit too. So it it it's there's no criticism. There's no fault here i'm not saying anything like that but we got other iterations post kevin conroy that i again Mm -hmm. feel like did well that you could continue to do batman and it would be okay whereas again if you know god forbid nancy cartwright were to pass away you've got to stop you basically have to shut the simpsons down like right there at at that point yeah um it's fuck man It, it it when i read about it i thought it was an absolute i thought it was a fucking joke it was you know yeah. you just hope yeah that it's not legitimate um uh, there's a there's a facebook web series that i think is a legitimate podcast but it's um it's a podcast that of course is just tailor-made for me to listen to i don't catch it all the time but it's um i think it's called the voices in my head okay and it's prominently about voice acting and voice actors. Sure. And it's hosted by Will Friedle from okay. like Boy Meets World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he became a voice actor. Mm-hmm. He actually voiced Batman Beyond. Okay. So he's Terry McGinnis. Um and he 
before he was doing that, he was like on Kim Possible. And so it's him and Christy Carlson Romano from Even Stevens. And they had Kevin Conroy on to just, you know, talk and shoot the shit yeah, and yeah, talk yeah. about voice acting. And they asked him, what is like the dream role? Like, what's the role that others have done that you want to do? And he and you could see his face light up because, you know, he's been waiting for this fucking question forever. <laughs> and I swear he channeled Mark Hamill and he just went, hello, Patsy. Like he he didn't do a Mark Hamill impression. He, right. He did his own iteration of the Joker for just a second. And I was like, that is pure fucking genius oh i w- i would love to see a reversal role have hamill do exactly. batman yeah have that hamill, do- hamill also put a really um a really sweet tribute yeah. on twitter i don't know if you saw that but he, he I saw. yeah he said he was he was closer than a brother and i was like oh my god like and you know what it would not at all surprise me if mark hamill retires the joker then and there they could offer him all the money they could offer him, the biggest fucking Joker project. They could offer him a live action version I, of I've him heard makeup, him say, and he'll say, "I won't do it without." No, Kevin. I have heard him say even before Kevin died that if Kevin's yeah. not on the project, he won't do it. Like he has right. said that. So I would imagine that the Hamill version of the Joker is, uh, for all intents and purposes, at this point, also dead. Retired. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. <sighs> I mean, I'm after tonight. I'm so pumped. I think I want to just fucking like play one of the Arkham games. Like, I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just need, like, it I, doesn't do me any good to play Gotham Knights. Like, I want to play Gotham Knights, but he's not in it. So, I'm going to fucking play Asylum or City or, well, or Arkham. Yes, he, he's not in it, but Rick and I did do that on uh, Friday in his in his honor when the mm, day he I died, saw. We, we did play. Um, and we were actually talking. Because neither of us know the outcome of the game on purpose. Like, we're not, neither of us are there, and we've avoided spoilers as best we can. So, neither mm-hmm. of us really know, which is what we want. I have the theory, and Rick agrees with me because he thinks it's based on the Court of Owls storyline, the, the whole the story of the game, is that Bruce faked his death. So, we are going to get Batman by the end of it. And whether or not it'll be a playable character is a different discussion. But. I mean, it's been out. It hasn't been out that long. I would imagine that if that were true, it would have been leaked by now. But I, well, I don't we've know. also been avoid. Like anytime I see anything about Arkham Knights, I just scroll past it or don't click on it, it or whatever. So it may be out there, but you know, uh, I want to. I want to know. Like I want to. I want to get through the game and just find out. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah. But it, yeah, man, fucking big. Cowl of wind, man. I mean, the, <laughs> he was the fucking voice of Batman. He was, and he was the. Did you know that he went to Juilliard? Yes. Well, yeah, I know that because I have his thing up. But yeah. Did you know that he also very briefly was roommates with Chris Reeve, with Christopher Reeve? No, but that doesn't stun me. So before Christopher Reeve and Robin Williams became roommates and lifelong friends, it was very briefly Batman and Superman rooming together there you go i mean what the fuck there's there's a great picture i saw of um because remember there was that justice league run right right around the same time as the animated series or right Mm -hmm. after the animated series it had all the actors standing in the positions i saw that yeah it's a good one um also it 
I don't, I don't, I mean, it's not a big deal, but it's kind of a big deal. Kevin Conroy was gay and he revealed it. Yeah. And he revealed it. I don't know if he was always out or it was just like, no one gave a fuck, but like, I guess he kind of revealed it by writing a, like co-writing a Batman comic where it was all about like Batman helping the, the community. Oh, there you go. And uh, it was very recent where I like all of a sudden it was like on everyone's radar. Like, dude, Kevin Conroy is gay. That's awesome. Good for him. Yeah. I um, mean, it wouldn't have changed my opinion of anything. So. No, no. I mean, it changed my opinion, but for the positive, I was like, oh, well, good. Okay. There absolutely should be a gay Batman. There should be someone <laughs> who is, you know, it, you know, fueling the goodness of like, because that's what Batman would do. Batman wouldn't, you know, fucking. Batman would punch anybody in the face, regardless of their orientation. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wouldn't so, kill them, but I, he would be like, you know, I am Yeah. yeah. Um, related note, I did not see what it is, but apparently DC has officially announced the, the real name of the Joker. Oh, I've heard numerous. This has been going on for a while. But no, no, we'll... no. This was like, oh, I didn't read it. So because I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to know. But like, uh-huh. apparently it's the first official DC saying this is the Joker's first name. So what is it? I told you, I don't know. I didn't. OK, so there's been numerous like things about this. Like, oh, yeah, DC acknowledges the Joker's real name. And like some of them is like Jack Napier. Some of them is like no, no. This Joker. is like like apparently it was announced like this week. So I, but oh. I didn't read it. So because I don't want to even see it, honestly. So it, it, the fucking his name is goddamn Robert Paulson. That's that's <laughs> you know right. Um, Which speaking of Robert Paulson, the voice actor Robert Paulson even like did a whole loving tribute about Kevin. I'm Conner. sure. Like, yeah, I mean, as far as I know, he was very well liked within the the uh, not not just that community, but the. Uh, the voice he acting was, community as well. So he was so revered and he was humble. And when nine 11 happened, he immediately went to a soup kitchen yep. and was just serving food. And one of the people recognized him because his voice was his voice. I mean, he lowered it for Batman, sure, but his Bruce Wayne was just a lighter version of his voice. So he's like, Oh yeah. How are you? And, and they're like, I think that's fucking Batman. <laughs> and what someone made an announcement like we have Kevin Conroy feeding you food. And then well, he did his whole, I am vengeance. Yeah. I, he did that whole thing to a fucking like a cafeteria. Of, yeah. That's I, I'll tell you my interesting story for me real quick. And it's, I, I don't say this is a disrespect to any voice actors because you know, I respect the shit out of doing it, you know, right. but I, I've never really cared what anyone looks like. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care what the person... I know what Mark Hamill looks like because it's fucking Mark Hamill, but for the most it's part... It's Luke, yeah. It's Luke, right. But for the most part, if you're doing a voice, I don't know what you look like, and I don't care as long as you're, you know, doing a solid job with the voice. So if, until they did that Arrowverse thing where Conroy appeared mm. on screen as Bruce Wayne because he's never actually Batman, but... Right. Um, I didn't know what he. Skinny. I I didn't know what he looked like. Really, I had no idea. 
None. So you see him on screen, then he, you hear the voice, like, holy shit, that's the I bat. mean, I knew I knew he was going to be in it. Like, I remember seeing all kinds of reports. We got Kevin Conroy to be in the thing. We got this person. We got this person. Like, you know, it was it was like that last major crossover that they did, mm. the one where uh, they kill off Green, Green Arrow. Spoilers. But, you know, that's, that's the one they did it in. Um, and I just never seen him before. And I was like, oh. That's him. Okay. You know what I mean? But like, it it didn't, it, you know, obviously didn't change my perspective on anything. It was, but I just didn't know what he looked like till, but that was only like two years ago, three years ago. It wasn't that long ago. So I saw footage of him when it was him and Hamill recording dialogue for Arkham City. And they were, they were together. Oh, nice. And, And it was that whole like, when Joker first kidnaps Batman at the beginning and injects him with his blood. Yeah. And he's like, this stuff is killing me. Like, I wish someone would take it. Like, that whole interaction. And you see Hamill just gleefully grinning. And you see Hamill. I'm, I'm sorry. You see Conroy acting the shit out of being Batman and struggling like, you know, he's being captured. And you could just see the look on his face. Trying not to crack up and smile of <laughs> Hamill just like being the Joker. Oh man, I the the apart from the most obvious big loss of Kevin Conroy passing and not hearing, you know, him do anything new is the fucking friendship between those two. Yeah. It's just you yeah. feel for Mark Hamill right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, anyways, that, that's one of those like you have those there's, a, there's those little things in life that you would pay money to see mm-hmm. that you don't normally get access to. Like I can pay to go to I, I can say a, a Metallica concert, but I can pay to go to any Metallica concert I want. It may be expensive as fuck, but I can do that. Anyone can if you've got the money and you know you can you can pay and mm-hmm. go right. There are certain things you sh- you shouldn't be able to pay money to go see, but I would pay to see Robin do the genie. Just sit there and watch him do that whole genie thing. I would pay. I would have paid to be in that room for the entirety of the recordings yeah. between those two guys for those games, or even for them for the show if they were in the same room when they did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those are those are recordings I'd want. I'd pay to sit in that mm-hmm. room and just watch because agreed. It would be amazing. So I it, it would. There is not. There's. Only so much money that I could pay to afford and see shit like that, but I would fucking put myself in debt yeah. to like put Hamill as Batman and Conroy as the oh, Joker just to fuel for- that episode. That would that would win all the fucking money. <laughs> that would make all the fans just drool and gibber and come and yeah. like Yeah. Oh God. The huge bucket of win and yeah. you know, it's just another Another thing of our childhood that's just gone. And 66 is, as far as I'm concerned, is young. Oh, very you young. We, we lost, uh, we lost someone, not nearly, in, definitely not in your world, but we lost someone pretty, pretty, pretty important to my youth. I don't want to say childhood because I was probably in my teens, but, or maybe even like 12, 11, 12, like right in that early teens, teens years. But mm-hmm. Comedy Central used to run mm-hmm. these uh, stand-ups that were probably originally on HBO or whatever, and they would run them, obviously, especially if they were on HBO, probably they were edited because it would be like 
10 o'clock in the morning, so they can't, you know, broadcast curse words and whatever. But Gallagher. Mm. I don't know if you know who Gallagher is, because, you know. No, the, the, the old Melon Smasher himself. Sledgematic. That's what that thing yeah. was called, Sledgematic. He died the same day as Conroy. I know. He probably got eclipsed, too. Oh, totally. Totally got yeah. eclipsed. But, and, and I mean, with all respect to Gallagher, he wasn't Kevin Conroy level. He wasn't even, like, from just, I'm just trying to think from a stand-up perspective. Like, it wouldn't be like if, you know, God forbid, Seinfeld died. You know what I mean? Like, that would be, you know. I guess the closest to Gallagher, and I'm not trying to offend anybody for once because, if you know, they're dead. But it'd probably be like Carrot Top, you know, like someone right. who's kind of had a gimmicky, oh, yeah. proppy or, or, way or, of um, doing it. That the 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 other guy that was the magician who just died recently. He was a comedian. Oh and, yeah, the amazing Jonathan. That it, one hurt yeah. me. Yeah, I was really love the amazing Jonathan. He was good. He was absolutely good. But 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 Gallagher, Gallagher. Uh, I used to watch Sledgematic all the time, and you know, watch him do those. And and he was the thing is that like. I'm not even disrespecting Caratop because I don't remember enough of his his bits, right? I know he does like the the, the prop thing, right? But right. like Gallagher above and beyond the props was funny. Like yeah. he could just stand there and talk and it would like a comedian or stand up normally does and he was funny. The props just mm-hmm. enhanced his already existing funny, you know? Right. And I I've told this a bunch of times, probably not on the podcast, but like he cemented my not wanting children. Gallagher did. <laughs> well, yeah, you have to explain that one. Well, because so he did one of his standups and it must have been right after he and his wife had a child mm-hmm. within like a year of them having a child. Right. And he kept saying instead of child, he kept saying baby. And he said it just like that. He would be like, we have a baby. And, so he's talking all about what it's like, and he goes, "If you guys want to know what it's like to have a baby, I'll show you what it's like to have a baby." And he walks off stage, and he hears some rummaging or whatever, and suddenly an anchor with a diaper on it flies out from off stage and hits the stage. And he walks out and goes, "You want to know what it's like to have a baby? That's what it's like to have a baby." And he points to the thing, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, that that yeah." That that pretty much locked me in on not wanting kids. <laughs> Just you can't go anywhere. It's full of shit. Yeah, you know, because he would talk about like people would call him and his wife and be like, "Hey, we got tickets for this thing. Do you want to go?" And he's like, "No, we can't. We have a baby. Uh, baby. Yeah, gotcha. like it was That's... that kind of thing." So, um, but yeah, we lost Gallagher the same day we lost Kevin Conroy, and 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 both giants in their own way. You know, yeah. um, Gallagher. He, I mean, he's a giant, but he's not. It's weird. I don't know, but I, he's important to me. I, I was actually just watching sure. one of his stand-ups about three months ago on it because they're all on Prime. Mm-hmm. So I was watching one of them on Prime, and I, I'll probably go back at some point watching it again just because. But yeah, but yeah, rough, rough, rough week for lost. Yeah, it's so funny because on the last episode we were talking about like Jack and oh. some of these other people that we were like Morgan Freeman and shit. Like, let's yeah. hope you know uh, James Earl Jones and whatnot. And it's like, no, the universe is like, no, we won't do that. But we'll give you Gallagher and Kevin Conroy. Oh like, God, you. yeah. I mean, 
You can't. You, it's not my fault. I didn't watch anything with Kevin Conroy recently. I've never seen a lick of Gallagher. So I think you should check it out. I, you I will. Would, I will now. Yeah, I think you would find him actually pretty funny. His his two big things were wearing a beret and uh, and sledgematic. You know. Right. So, um, but well, continuing on of the the recently deceased. Uh, uh, yeah. Part it's, of this yeah, yeah. episode is sort of largely attributed to the fact that Angela Lansbury also passed away. I didn't realize how recent it was. It felt like it was longer ago, but when I looked it back up, I was like, no. It was like a month ago, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It felt like, I knew it was this year. Like, I knew it wasn't like years ago. Like, I knew that much, but I felt like it was like March. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not October. <laughs> I, I don't remember if someone asked me or if it was like a post on Twitter if like like now that Angela Lansbury's gone, who is like who's the last one? Like who's the last celebrity, actor, director, whatever that is like still alive, but it's like the last one of their generation and Emilio is like Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks yeah. is the last one. Yeah, probably. It would go Mel Brooks and then like Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman and Nicholson, that whole thing. Yeah. But Mel Brooks was like born in 1928. Uh... I, I'm almost sure because I think he's he and I almost had the same birthday. He's June 26th and he's 10 years older than dad. So he's 94. What year did you say? 1928. No, you're wrong. And you're wrong okay. about and what day did you say? June 26th. You got them both wrong. What's his birthday? June 28, 26. Oh, I w- all right. I was. You flipped the year and the date is what okay. it sounds like you all did. All right. I, yeah. I went dyslexic on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm well, sure he's even talking... older than I fucking thought. Yeah. He's 96. Oh, my God. Yeah. I am I mean, unfortunately, that that's going to hit us both pretty fucking hard when that yeah. happens. But I think I think I... you harder, but definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean. Angela lived to what, 103? No. No. I don't know. She lived to some fucking random ass age. I was like, Hold wow. On. I got it here. It's not it's not 103. It's like I want to say it's like eight ninety two. Uh ninety six. So same year, okay. same as uh as um Mel. Mel. Yeah. <sighs> now how does that you work? Watch- wait a minute. Hold on. Twenty oh wait, let me hold on. Because, oh, she almost made 97. That's why. Okay, she's closer to 97. Like, Mel just turned 96. She would have been 97. Or she had just turned 96. when she, No. They've got her age wrong. She was 97 when she died. This says she was 96, but she would have been 97 based on the born and death dates. Uh-huh. Because she's born October 26, 25. October 6th, I'm sorry, October 16, 25. Mm-hmm. And she died October 11, 22. So she's five days shy of her 97. Yeah, so five days shy of 97. Yeah. Well, if you if you attribute the nine months in the womb, then she was definitely fucking <laughs> 97. Um, and but yeah, yeah. Angela Lansbury, you know. So going with uh, this this themed month, we and we are we had already kind of planned it, but we it was just kind of kitsmit of like oh well she kind of passed away and we were gonna do this anyways. So yeah, um, today's 
subject finally that we can kind of start we kind of the, the you know the only fucking silver lining of of kevin conroy and gallagher passing away is that we had a little bit of filler for this episode yeah because i don't think there's a lot we're gonna be able to say about these films because first off we're only doing three which is a right. small number for us but also um interesting choices but we we agreed on them i mean it's not like you came to me and said here's the three movies or i came to you and said here's the three like we we came to a consensus right. on this but like basically you chose one i chose one and then steph threw in her no we her agreed choice. on one it was i chose we one, agreed you... but well steph was like because we had thrown out other ideas like treasure island and and shit like you that you threw and out then... treasure island i was never on board for that just for the record well, the the, the universal we um <laughs> but Steph, I, we 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 all kind of three unanimously were like yeah bed knobs and broomsticks even though it's not one that i grew up with it was a movie that steph introduced to me so that's how recent i've seen it okay but i, grew uh, up, I definitely is, grew up on it so it's uh bed knobs and broomsticks Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea and the absent mind professor yep that's today's subject all right. Uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> no. Uh, would you like to try and rank these? Because they're all radically fucking different. Oh, actually, you know what? I could throw one more in. We I also watched Flubber for extra credit. Oh, you did watch it? Cause you were... Yeah, I, I basically watched because of all the chaos that was happening. Um, and I fucked up in my homework. I actually watched one movie by mistake that was supposed to be for next week. So I pretty much watched... Uh, Absolute Professor, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, and Flubber last night. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And I had to finish Twenty Thousand Leagues. Like I, I watched three quarters of it, but I fell asleep, so I had to rewind it. So I basically watched all four movies yesterday. Oh. How was your Saturday? Oh, uh, wonderful! Thank <laughs> you. Um, I I did watch two of them yesterday, and then. Uh-huh. Uh, played a bunch of got a war in between so and did a radio show you know so yeah, um but yeah no i yeah i i had seen two of these previously i still rewatched them but i had seen absent-minded and bed knobs long before we did this Twenty Thousand leagues was brand new to me um okay. so but if uh, ranking <sighs> don't include flubber no, I'm not because I've never seen it and I don't plan to. Um actually Flubber's pretty it's pretty decent. I know, but I have such reverence for the for the the Absent-minded Professor and I heard it's so drastically different than it it it, it obliterates the whole government selling thing. It take well, it's more of like it's kind of like a John it's a John Hughes written Disney film and okay. it's Robin Williams kind of at his more He's not. He's not wacky. I mean, he's Robin Williams, so there's still a level of wackiness, but he's still he's very reserved. You're actually selling me on it because it, that was the thing. As much as I love Robin, that's what I didn't want. It's, you know, it, you, I'm telling you, you should see it. I mean, there's the thing that I think you would probably least like is that Flubber is basically a character. Ah, uh, so yeah. it's it, it like you know it has like a kind of voice without speaking. It's kind of squeaks and gurgles. And then it dances and like it ping pongs across the room and it has like a personality. Gotcha. Uh, and there's like a, there is a, um, there's a love interest just like in the original. 
And it's the same thing. He keeps missing out on the fucking wedding day. Yada, yada, yada. That is still intact. And the college being shut down. Uh, well, let, in, we'll, we'll get. To, right. Yeah. Um, ranking. This is still hard because, like you said, they're pretty drastically different from one another. Right. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to go. This is going to surprise you, I'm pretty sure, because it surprised me. But uh, I'm going to go 20,000 uh, absent minded and bed knobs. All right. We're almost spot on. Mine's 20,000. I'm guessing you flip flopped. Yeah. 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 So 20,000 leagues, bed knobs, and then uh, absent minded. Okay. Absent minded for me. Even though it was an hour and a half long movie, it felt like two hours. It just kind of dragged for me. Mm. Um, but that being said, I acknowledge that Bed Knobs and Roomsticks, which is two hours long, should have obliterated 30 minutes of the film. Yeah. I Well, so, so do you want to do these in the... Let's do them... Well, let's let's go back to Absent-Minded since you already were kind of doing the flubber Absent-Minded comparative sure. piece. So... I, I don't know. There's something about that movie, the, the whole flubber thing. I think I think seeing it as a kid and and not being very physical, mm-hmm. being able to like iron something on at the bottom of my shoes that would help me jump real high is what kind of sure. like you know uh, intrigued me. And then the flying car. Mm-hmm. You give me a flying car, I'm pretty much in. Like <laughs> you know, like I. You know what I'm. I'm of the opinion that I would never want a flying car, and I'll tell you why. Why is that? When that motherfucker stalls, guess what? <laughs> You're not gonna be in a flying car anymore. <laughs> you are going you are now just in a dead car heading straight to Earth. I don't give a fuck how like tough and and good flubber is or if it's fucking run on uh you know, uh, uh, fucking back to the future, fucking gigawatt bullshit. A flying car can still fucking be a dead car. Even if like, you don't know, you, the battery dies or if you run out of gas, like no fucking way, dude. I don't even like driving on the fucking streets. I'm not going to look out for fucking seagulls and planes and shit. No, fuck. No, the whole flying car thing is like, you enjoy your fucking, traffic in the sky i will fucking be safe on the goddamn ground safer at least all right well no they say flying is its safest form of travel yeah tell that to fucking rain man in that goddamn scene where he's like fucking Qantas never can't Qantas never crashed definitely no no definitely never crashed no fuck that flying I, i am perfectly fine with slow and steady fucking getting to my destination. I'm not going to flap my goddamn wings. I'm not going to get in a goddamn flying car. That whole flying car segment that Kevin Smith wrote with Dante Randall, I was just like, both of you are fucking idiots. It's, it's, it's just bad. So, But you enjoy your, your fucking dream of a flying car, and I hope you never get pulled over. <laughs> Stop at the most convenient cloud. <laughs> Um, because my, my, you know, my luck would be where I'm like, I would be that one idiot who crashed into the other flying car that existed. 
You know, there'd be two flying cars in existence. I was lucky to get one, and then me and the other son of a bitch crashed in midair. That would be, be my luck. Which would be me. Yes. <laughs> you would you would crash into me. We would both be trying to meet each other at a destination, and we'd just be like, where the fuck is he? Boom. <laughs> right. Um, I would uh, hear you coming, because I'm like, I hear Metallica. Where the fuck is he? <laughs> and you'd be like, I hear Frank. Where the fuck is he? And then yeah. just, boom. boom. Yeah. Um, people doubt. People on the, on the ground be like, "Look, they nearly missed." <laughs> um, I I love Fred McMurray's performance. I I like him as an actor. Um, I I do. I, I I'm not as big of a fan of the Shaggy Dog, but he is. Mm. You know, he's good that too. But I just like his performance. I do. I think I I don't know. I dig the I dig the whole story. You look, man. I'm I'm not gonna, you know, poo poo your fucking interests and in your childhood. Because I, 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 I don't. I, I don't I've I mean, done it and, to you how many times? I mean, look, because Fred McMurray, as far as I'm concerned, I I thought he was one. I think he was too old. Like he is at least twenty years older than his love interest, and I guess people didn't give a fuck back then. And age is nothing but a number and all that bullshit. But just side by side, they look like he looks like he could be your father. Um, uh, I, I disagree, actually. I, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I I thought he I didn't think of him as absent minded. I think his character. I think his character was just dumb. Like, I mean, he's clearly an intelligent person. And but like he just does things that I'm like, that's not absent minded. That's just doing the dumbest fucking decision each and every time um like the 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 inclusion of him missing his wedding because he got knocked the fuck out that i was like okay that that actually makes sense because in flubber with robin williams he is more absent-minded like he's just not aware of his surroundings he's borderline not autistic, but he's just really just like he doesn't understand people's emotions. How much and, older did you say you thought he was than her? I don't know, twenty. All right. Why? How old is he? Twenty years older. Oh no, shit! He was fifty-three. She was thirty-three. I mean, that's my parents were roughly the same age, and I was conceived that way. But I'm just saying to see it on screen, especially for a movie that's set in the late fifties, early sixties, that's kind of weird. I don't know. He just he just looked a little too old for me. Uh, there are other elements of the cast that I totally dug. I'm, I'm a big Keenan Wynn fan. Um, oh yeah, you know, of course played... you like the enemy. Well, I like that particular actor, but I also, yeah, I mean, I think the, he was entertaining. Um, his teenage son is the fucking dude from old yeller. Okay. Tommy Kirk. He was also, um, he was also in Swiss Family Robinson. Like that, that's a reoccurring Disney actor. Um I think I think the the uh the military thing was actually kind of an interesting subplot that I thought was was made sense, especially for the era. Sure. And they completely got rid of it in the Flubber remake. Um one thing I one thing I'll criticize of the Flubber remake is even though it's set in like ninety-seven. At no point is there any like air traffic control when he's doing the flying car thing. I acknowledge that that was smart and correct 
in the original, where they're just like, we have an unidentified flying object, like, we need to bomb it out of the sky. See? You want a flying car? Guess what would fucking happen, CJ? Well, uh, ideally, at that point, that would be regulated, so they'd know I was there. But that's a different Uh conversation. The thing, the only problem I had with that, and I'm not saying you're wrong, is Mm -hmm. that the joke they made out of it. Because they're like, we're going to count to ten, and if you don't acknowledge, we're going to shoot you down. And mm-hmm. he gets to like eight, and 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 the professor flies behind the Capitol dome, and the guy's still counting, and the other general or whoever is like, "You can't." The senators are there, and he's still counting, and he's like, "But they just re redid the building, and that's what makes him stop." It's like, right? Come on. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a pretty lame joke. I I liked the joke right before it, where he was just like. The senators are in, like they're in the building. Just like uh huh, nine. Yeah, like fuck those was, guys. That, that was funnier, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that joke was way better, and it, it just it just underperformed. Uh, if it, if they had reversed, like they just redid the building. He's just like uh huh, nine, right. and like, and and they're all like about to vote. He's like, on what? Like that would have <laughs> right, been right, right, real yeah. sense. Like what's on the bill today? It's like. I don't know, legalizing booze or whatever the fuck it is. And he's just yeah. like, okay, okay, fine. Um, yeah, I, I will say this. I was absolutely impressed with one of the camera angles they did when Keenan Wynn is doing the fucking never ending bounce. At one point they had the camera be the POV of him bouncing yeah. to the ground and looking yeah. at, uh, the, professor and his fucking fiance and it was i thought that was pure and innovative especially for its time i think all the special effects were pretty you know i I would agree for its time the special effects are great the basketball sequence is pretty good but it kind of goes on and on and on it's like all right we saw yet another fucking yeah yeah do a goddamn backflip into a fucking hoop Good for you. I thought making the car, I mean, despite whether you like the idea or not, the making the Model T fly, I thought looked really seamless. Like, I don't know what they did exactly, but I thought it was pretty seamless. It was actually a, um, it was basically made of wood and paper mache. Mm. And it was just, it was just strings and, and all that. Like that, all these movies were all but they, strings. But they hid the strings well is kind of what I'm getting at. Like you don't, there, cause there've been other movies I've seen where you can kind of, you get a quick glimpse of the fishing line or whatever it is they're using. You right. know what I mean? Like they hid this really well. Now for the most part, you flew in the dark, which probably helped, but you know, right. I also think they're, they've been touched up since every, er, everything that's on Disney plus now has been probably fucking fucked with. But I, I mean, I mean, I was young, but I don't remember seeing it when I was a kid either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I've seen other, like I, I remember watching. I forget what it was. It was an old mummy movie or something, and and mm-hmm. like the bats were flying through the cemetery, and you saw the string, and someone like yeah. clearly pulling on the string to make the wings flap. You know? Oh, they they had uh, in the Goonies. There was like the scene where all the bats fucking like fly and scared the shit out of the kids. You could see a fucking string. Like, if it works, it works, and if people notice, fuck you, you know. Right. Well, I'm tight. just saying though. Like, I, th- I, I think, right. they, yeah. So, um, I, I like, I, I like the story though. I, I did. I, you know, I'm, I'm on board. So, 
I, I like the story, and I think that's probably why I did like Flubber more. I just think it was executed a little bit better. And it's and not Robin. that I, I prefer old movies over young or new movies and vice versa. Like, you know, I've got I like lots of old shit. That's actually why I thought you'd have this one higher. Like I, I just think Fred McMurray was just a was just not a great choice. And and you know what? It could just be the fact that I I haven't seen enough of his shit and did you see like Son of Flubber, the sequel to the Absolute Professor? I might have, but not in forever. So I don't, I don't know. I think it's a probability that you might like the Robin Williams Flubber. Um, yeah, it's... it it sounds like it because I was afraid, I was afraid it was going to be like, and I love Robin and I love Wacky right. Robin, but I didn't want Wacky Robin in that role. If that makes sense, do you know what I mean? So. It's it's very like there is some wackiness, but it's like but it's my not opinion, it's not Robin Robin. Like we we know what he's capable of. And right. Talks, it's yeah. not like, oh, yeah, look at you. You're great slime. Oh, you look like a giant, you know, blew his nose. Oh, n- none of that shit. Actually, my, not, my favorite Robin performances are more his serious role. Like, I love his stand ups, but like when like I'm Will when Hunting he, kind of shit, Will Hunting, Dead Poets Society, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Like, I, I prefer those typically speaking over his like over the top zany Robin role. It's definitely middle ground. It's not, it's not Good Will Hunting. It's not even Birdcage. It's not, so long since I've seen it's, that. it's not Aladdin. It's not, it's not Mrs. Doubtfire. You know what it is? It's, even Mrs. Doubtfire was okay. Like that was a nice mixture of like the wacky and the serious, you know, in my opinion. It, it it's it's essentially Robin Williams be like not on caffeine. He you know, like when he is kind of the most wackiness shit is when he he goes out to test the flubber on the basketball court the night before the game because yeah. that's still featured. Okay. And so what I like is that he does it shows him being a scientist and shows him like actually testing shit. Mm. So he's jumping around and flying around and doing experiments with like the, the liquid flubber and blah, 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 blah. And you know, that that's where you get the wackiness. Um, but it's, I honestly think it might be one of those Disney remakes. You're like, okay, it's not, it's actually pretty good. Uh, Jody Benson who voices Ariel in the little mermaid. She voices a little, how do I describe it? It's like, do you remember in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, Princess Leia's little fucking droid yeah, that like flew yeah, around yeah. and everything? Yeah. Right, imagine that and BB-8 combined with Ariel's voice. Okay. He's got a little like droid assistant and she's in love with him. So she's like from afar upset that he's like about to marry, uh, fucking Marsha Gay Harden. And at, when she, tr- she, he actually is like, Hey, uh, what's on my, uh, schedule today. And she's like, Oh yeah, here's your schedule. And like avoids telling him that, Hey, you're getting married. Mm. So she's kind of like a jealous, like girlfriend living with him. Uh, Chris McDonald from like happy Gilmore is the bad guy in this one. Will Wheaton is the teenage son who gets flunked. From the, and kicked off the basketball team. Okay, and, and on that same thing with voice actors, uh, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown is is a hen- he's one of the henchmen, um, and Ted Levine. So 
You've got <laughs> you've got fucking Buffalo Bill and Mr. Krabs as henchmen. You know, they're 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 the bodyguards for like the rich fucking dude yeah, yeah, who's yeah, trying yeah. to like close down the college. Yeah, I might I might have to watch this. Not necessarily tonight, but I might have to watch this. So I think you'll dig it. Um do you want to move on to bed knobs and broomsticks? Sure. So this is definitely like you could tell this is one of those movies that they were trying to replica replicate um um oh Jesus, Mary Poppins. Like it's it's similar in the sense that you have like kind of like a no nonsense fussy British nanny type having to raise she's kids. Not even, and... She's not even a nanny type. She wanted nothing to do with the kids at first. True, but originally it was supposed to be go to Julie uh, Julie Andrews. Yeah, I can't see. I mean, look, I like Julie Andrews, but no, you know what I mean. I'm with you. I I don't. I mean, like, in theory, it would work, but now that you see the final product, you're like, okay, yeah, Angela was perfect for this role. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and looking. and you actually get to see, what's his name, David Tomlinson? You get to see Mr. Banks actually, like, have a personality. It's one of my things I like about this movie, is mm-hmm. you, you get more of that guy. You know what I mean? And And you really you really get a feel for what he's capable of. I will tell you this, watching it this time, and again, having not seen, it's another one of those I haven't seen in easily 25, 30 years, right? Right. Is, I don't think I've ever seen it pre-Island of Nabumbu before. I feel I, like I've, I feel like I've always turned it on, or it's always, I've always walked at in that the point. room. Right. Like, I don't think I've ever seen, I don't, because I don't remember anything prior huh. to the island of Nabumbu. You know, they. I think, honestly, the animation sequences are the weakest part of the whole fucking movie. Really? Why is that? I think it's so... First and foremost, I think the under-the-sea, like, lagoon, whatever thing, that is one of... The, that is definitely the weakest part of the whole thing because I know it's a kid's movie. I know it's animation. There, there's no acknowledgement whatsoever that they're breathing underwater. Really? Really. And at no point is there any acknowledgement that after they get out of the water that, like, hey, we're totally dry. I just think if they had added a well, thing like you say, hey. Be, that argument can be made for the next movie, too, because there's a scene of that, too, where they're underwater and then dry. So... At least they were wearing fucking like no you know. no no no. This is before you ever see that group. I'm talking the two of the main characters. We'll we'll get there, but I'd surprise we'll my head. The whole look. You can say, well, this movie is all about magic. Yes, but it's but it's magic that's not done unless you say it. Like you have to say a, a fucking spell. And all I'm saying is if they if there was like an acknowledgement of like. Like instead of them landing in the lagoon first and then getting to the island, if they had reversed it and they'd be like, well, aren't we going to like drown if we go in the water and then have fucking Angela Lansbury bibbity bobbity boo that bullshit and be like, well, yeah, we would absolutely drown because we're going to acknowledge that World War II is a thing, which is a very real thing. We're not at all going to acknowledge the fact that all the animals are animated. Whatever. That's that's whatever. It's Disney. 
Well, it's not the animals are. They're on the the island isn't real. They get into the book. In the book. <laughs> the animals they are. They go into the book. The island of Boom Boom does not exist. You realize this. That, but see, that doesn't make sense either because there was a whole thing about how a guy survived the island of Mumbumbu and fucking escaped half starved, half delirious. And then he wrote a book about it. Right. Because he was a wizard, much like she was a witch. So he could travel between the two worlds, much like she did. Well, my guess I, is he had the travel spell that she had. It just wasn't a bed knob. It was a because she says in the beginning you can do it with a ring. So he probably twisted his ring three times and tapped on it, and off they went. I like, don't know. I, I I I I watched that movie. I didn't fucking look at my phone or get distracted. I was focusing on it, and they weren't super clear that they were going into the book. It was just they went to fucking the island of Mumbumbu, and there you go. I I, just, I I mean, look. I even said this to Steph, and I said, you know what? I think the animation sequence is the is like the weakest part. And she fucking loves this movie. And she's like, I agree. I absolutely agree. I think it kind of stops the whole thing. It's it's an. I, I get what they were going. They were trying to show off animation and live action in one fucking sequence. I think it works better in something like Mary Poppins. Oh well, sure. You also only have one person doing animation or in live action, really. I mean, like, there's a couple scenes with Angela and the kids, but it's really just uh, David Tomlinson refereeing the soccer game. Yeah, I I wasn't really fond of that thing either. I think it just kind of, it, it just sort of stopped the film for me. It felt like it was, because you have this whole very interesting movie where it's, it's, it's all about World War II. The Nazis are about to fucking take over England. You have these, basically these orphans that are, have to force, are forced to live with an aspiring witch. They could have just taken out the animated sequences, fucked with the script enough um, to just make it like all about World War II and magic. But let's leave the Bollywood sequence in. That's fantastic. No, I I also agree that, that that whole fucking like Steph is of the opinion like oh yeah well it showed like different nationalities. Yeah, I, well, no, I agree with dancing. Steph there. At least it wasn't just Bollywood. Like it covered a bunch of different. You know, it was an equal opportunity terribleness, but it was all there. I, I agree. The the whole dancing sequence I thought was really grating. Like I look, I'm going to be honest. Like this is not one of my favorite movies. Like I'm glad we talked about it i'm glad we're i'm glad i watched it because i only saw the one time and i remember being like but you have it above absent-minded and yet it sounds like you like the absent-minded better than this it does no. i i liked bed knobs and broomsticks the second viewing more than my first viewing of absent mind professor i just think that it both of these movies have their own flaws but i enjoyed the humor, I think, a little bit more of Bedknobs. Like, unfortunately, I was laughing every fucking time the kid was like, my knob! And I'm like, god damn it, do they not know that this is going to become slang for dick? I'm going to twist my knob and magic happens. What? Yes, it does. Oh, my god. Uh, no. I, <laughs> I, th- I think David Tomlinson is... is, is very good in this. I think Angela Lansbury is very good in this. I think the older kid 
uh, was obnoxious as all hell. Uh, well, but I think it was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. My, I made a joke uh, when, when I was watching when after she turns him into a rabbit the first time. By the way, he should he he was the coolest, most laid back kid who just like is fine that he just got turned into a fucking rabbit. Like, have a little bit of, like, yo, I'm going to start paying attention to what you have to fucking say. Right. Because you turn me into a fucking Bugs Bunny reject. But I said to Steph, I'm like, wow, Angela Lansbury really is an amazing witch. She made, uh, she pulled a rabbit out of a prat. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. I think uh, the youngest kid was great. I thought he was entertaining as hell. Um, I think the whole... Uh, Nazi sequence World War II thing was it, it I think that was just the most interesting part was like realistic 1940s old small town England and then dirty ass London and how they kind of use their realistic in the having the the undead armor attack the Nazis realistic in the sense but also having a blend of magic but like the I think the animation sequences were just the weakest part mm. Also, I thought the animation looked, it didn't look up to snuff compared to the other animation stuff that I've seen. I think King Leo or Leonidas, whatever the fuck his name is, I think he is just a pale imitation of every other Lion King, excuse me for the pun, that they've ever fucking done. I, he, he's absolutely forgettable, in, in, in my opinion. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. I mean, did you love the? I mean, was there something that you loved about the animation? Or I love the cheetah. I think that's hysterical. I do like the whole back and forth, especially the one part where you had the two goalies literally shooting at each other back and forth. You got the monk, you got the gorilla smacking, you got the umbrella, or the umbrella, the elephant, and just back and forth. I thought that was hysterical. I, 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 I enjoyed it. I enjoy that animation sequence. It doesn't, it doesn't stop the movie for me at all. So, mm. I mean. There are elements of that sequence. I, I like the soccer sequence more than the underwater sequence. I think the underwater sequence annoyed me to, to no end. But I'm, I'm also kind of done with Disney movies where they just have underwater sequences and like just have one fucking person be like, yo, I can't breathe. <laughs> well, if you hate underwater sequences, you're going to hate this next movie because all right, it's nothing but underwater sequences. But I fucking this is one that I grew up on, so like I give it. Oh, a, so and that I, gives I like, it a pass, right? What that gives it a pass? My, I mean, I think also the actors are actually great in it, and I think the story is really interesting. I, I this is one of those movies where I'm like, I would actually be down to see like a like a good remake, you know? And I don't say that often. Well, there's been like, remakes. There's been multiple remakes of this movie. Right, but not not Disney licensed. Like there's there's talk about them like Disney doing like a real proper remake and having like uh, Gore Verbinski or something direct it. I want James Wan to do it. I would totally. I'd be fine with that. Him doing the giant squid sequence, I would fucking be totally cool with that. Yeah. It, they wouldn't. Disney would be like, "You made it too fucking scary." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Uh, I dug I think, this movie a lot. I did. I, I thought it was I thought it was really well done. I liked it a lot, a lot more than I expected. Because I remember, I remember, I saved it for last. Mm -hmm. uh, what what is something I typically do with the movies I've not seen before? I try to save those for last anyway. Even if I right. even if I think I'm gonna like it, I still save it for last. Um, 
But I remember going to turn it on and sitting down and going, okay, <laughs> let's get this over with, you mm-hmm. know, and and was pretty hooked, pun intended, early <laughs> on. Like, you know, yeah. like I I dug it. I, I didn't know some of the players. I'm not going to lie. Like in terms of like the, they were in the movie. No idea mm-hmm. Kirk, Kirk Douglas was in this till I saw the credits, the opening mm-hmm. credits. Um it's so you obviously it's Michael Douglas's father and you can really tell that in some of the scenes like oh yeah I mean he, some, it's yeah. just a buff Michael Douglas yeah, at one at one point I was like is that Gordon Gecko like what the fuck like you know like, <laughs> that is fucking like <laughs> yeah it really fucking is it's yeah. it's just. It's Gordon's fucking muscle bound daddy. I think I think it doesn't help, and I don't mean this as a disrespect to anybody, but the only time I'd heard him speak otherwise was on the Oscars post stroke. And I was like, mm, no. You know what I mean? So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think if there's a fucking I mean Spartacus. You never saw Spartacus? No. Wow. Uh, I'm surprised because you like the sword and sandals thing. That's sort of like one of the more iconic ones. I, I do, but I don't like. I, I you like the newer sword and sandals ones to a like degree because I'm not the biggest fan of Troy, and I have no interest mm. in 300. You know, I, I I agree. I saw 300. And I was like, oh god. You know, but but I but I love Gladiator. So right. You know, I don't know. You know, there Kirk Douglas is one of those actors where I'm like. There was always like at the time it was who do you like more, Burt Lancaster or Kirk Douglas? Because they were always like rivaled against each other, and they were always they they were friends, and they had this kind of rivalry. Um, I'm not the biggest Kirk Douglas fan. Like, I actually liked his performance. I thought he was fine. I liked his performance, and he 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 um works extremely well with all the other actors. Like. You know, it, he he's the fucking sailor who loves being on land. He lives up to his fucking name and he's more joyful and everybody else is a fucking sourpuss in this goddamn movie. So and it, the the whole sequence of him in the beginning with the two fucking ladies and then him getting into a fight that was added at his request because he was really Kirk Douglas was very careful about his image and his image was I need to look like a badass and it looked like I fuck a lot. <laughs> okay. So he basically went to the Disney himself and the director, and they're like, oh, oh, okay, sure, yeah. We'll write a whole f-. <laughs> and I think the compromise was like, fine, but it's a Disney movie, so you got to learn how to fucking like, sing and play guitar. And he's like, all right. And he, and he did. Like all, all that was all him. He learned how to play the guitar, and then – it was like a thing that he did privately with his friends whenever like, you know, he would hang with like Sinatra or or all the other dudes. Like there's a quote where he once said about Sinatra singing. He's like, you know what? I learned how to sing, too. It's not that hard, Frank. Get over yourself. Like he <laughs> basically was like, fuck you, dude. You think you, you make it seem like it's that difficult. And he's like, I did a song called Whale the Tail, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I do like that song, though. I think the song is good. It's catchy. Any and that whole throw away the 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 guitar and then catch it back like you know what I'm saying where he t- kind of tosses it and reels it back in yeah he basically kind of like invented that on the spot there you go um, um I, I so 
funny thing uh, for me is um, seeing James Mason for the first time. So, okay, I think I know. I think I know what you're alluding to. Probably not, but go ahead. He, are you saying that you've heard James Mason's voice, but not from James Mason himself? Yes, yes. There, there. Eddie, Eddie is hard. No, 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 no. But oh, I've, I've probably heard that at two, honestly. But that's not what I was referring to. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, so. And I almost want to find a clip and like add it to the end of the episode, to be very honest with you. And I might, but there's this radio, the radio show that you've heard me reference a few times, not the one that I do, but the Preston Steve show, that morning show that I like, that I've, Mm -hmm. I've talked about off and on throughout the years. Um, they were doing, so uh, I have to give you some context. So you have to bear with me for a second here because it's a, it's a little convoluted, but I'm with you. So. They do a thing every day called the Bizarre File. They do it twice a day. The one host, Preston, finds some of these just crazy fucking news stories. And Mm -hmm. some of them are terrible in terms of, like, people die, but they die in these really strange ways. Or And sometimes they're just really humorous. So it just depends. Not the deaths, but just humorous stories overall, right? Sure. And they do those twice a day. On their show. It's once at like 8 o'clock and then, because they're on from 6 to 11. So they do it once at like 8 o'clock and once again at 10 or something like that. It's around that time. Um, and on this one particular episode, they were also somehow got into a discussion, just a general discussion about the game Street Fighter, the video game, mm-hmm. which you've played, right? I'm sure. Years, years ago. Yeah, but yeah. But you know, there's all those, con- there's like, for whatever reason, the, the the creators of the game decided to put into the game, like, the the characters saying their moves as they do them, you know? So, like, Guile does a sonic boom, and he goes, sonic boom, and does the move, and, and right. you know, the, all that stuff. So they were talking about that, right? Mm-hmm. And then they they went to commercial, and that was funny as fuck. And then they went to commercial... And came back and did the Bizarre File. And in the Bizarre File, one of the stories that Preston's talking about, about these capuchin monkeys, wherever they were, scientists have determined that they may have developed a a language of sorts through the different grunts that they have. Kind of giving credence to, like, the Tarzan thing from last episode, that, like, the different grunts and groans mean something to the gorillas. Well, these capuchin monkeys, like, the different tones and sounds that they make right well steve being the comedian on the show starts riffing off of this right mm-hmm. and somehow at some point with no planning and he has said since then because this is one of their most famous thing that's ever happened the monkey turned into james mason so at <laughs> some point he starts doing things like and then they combined it with the previous street fighter thing so at one point as James Mason, he says, monkey pick ass. Like, it is one of the funniest things. Like, <laughs> I, it, it's, it's like a 15-minute sequence, but it's so fucking funny. And it, it, and then they say, like, street monkey. Like, you know, because it, it, it just became this whole thing. So from that point forward, anytime there's a monkey story, he ends up doing James Mason as a, how's how's his impression? It's pretty fucking spot. Now having heard the original James Mason, it's pretty spot on. 
Um, and he's pretty good at impressions in general. Like he's not like he's mm-hmm. not like the man of a billion voices, but the ones that he can do, he he does them fairly well. James Mason being one of them. Um, so I never heard James Mason before, except Steve doing his monkey uh-huh. James Mason thing. So when I found out James Mason was in this, and then found out he was Nemo, I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear this. He gives a very fucking good performance. Like James Mason's performance is is pretty astounding to me in this film. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I again, I, I've never seen him before in anything. I thought he would. I think the dry, deadpan delivery, while different, because I've I've seen Captain Nemo in one other iteration, and he's very different than this version. Um, in you're talking about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes. Yeah, which, believe it or not, is actually more accurate. Oh, I'm, than... I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. Yeah, Nemo in the in the book, in the book. is is Indian, right? Or at least he's implied, or that he's the son of a Raja and shit like that. So, I I don't think they were going to give any fucking credence to Indian fucking nationality. In an early Disney movie. 1957, like, no. But why didn't we get our disclaimer? I know. I was thinking the same fucking thing. I was like, so we get a fucking disclaimer. On the Jungle Book. On the Jungle Book. But we and, do a live action movie and, which features a jungle. And Aladdin, by the way. We got one on Aladdin. And, a, too. and Aladdin. But we, we literally have African cannibals grunting and boo- <laughs> bullshit. Uh huh. That's not considered. I was like, so if it's animated, it's racist. But if it's live action, it's, it's okay. Just yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It was such a bizarre thing. It, it like, is. it is very bizarre. I, are, is Disney really trying to show their true colors? We're like, all right, we don't want to offend monkeys. However, we don't give a fuck if we, we offend. Don't want to offend I, monkeys? Did you? Yeah. I like, almost feel like that's thing, what I, like, want, I almost want to call that this the episode that now we don't want to offend the monkeys. Like I almost want. <laughs> but like they're like we look we 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 don't want to offend the monkeys in the Jungle Book. However, we don't give a fuck about the uh, African cannibals in a live action. Like I, they need to be more consistent. Like honestly. If you're going to fucking put a disclaimer at the beginning of anything that could be offensive, then you should do it for probably for everything. Just to just to fucking like cover your bases. You, uh, you know, are you comfortable giving me 10 minutes of your time that we can pause the recording? Sure. OK. OK, so that that was that was Steve as James Mason, the monkey. That was that was very fucking funny. That was very good. Uh, I, I think it's a very good James Mason impression, but I think uh, Eddie Izzard does a better one. Well, the sound, the sound quality on that recording is not great either. The, the right. they they've moved into another another studio since then. This this is let's see because I heard that live. I heard mm-hmm. that when it first was on the show. And Which meant you were pissing your pants. Oh my in your car. god! No, I wasn't even in my car yet. I was getting dressed for work, and I was ten minutes late because I just stopped and listened. But it was worth every fucking second. But oh my god! Um, 
he they've moved into another because this was 2006. Oh wow! Yeah, this was a long time ago at this point, you know. So they've been on the air for a long time. These guys mm-hmm. and 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 they just upped their contract for like another five years. I want to say like they're they're gonna be around for a minute. Um, I will I will tell you. So you heard the whole monkey pick ass and that whole thing that they were talking about based off the mm-hmm. Street Fighter. Not long after that, they did a thing they used to do. They haven't done this in years either called Month of Stunts, where they would have, like, interns and other people on the show do these strange things. Casey, the one guy you heard go monkey owl at one point, Mm -hmm. got a taint tattoo that has that says monkey pick ass with an arrow pointing toward his asshole. <laughs> Dig it for gold! Oh my god! Oh man, I I I I love his James. And he, anytime a monkey story comes up, he still does James Mason. Sixteen years it, later, it's it's so funny. Imagine like you're the James Mason estate. <laughs> Do you hear that? And yeah, and like the one of the more popular fucking things about like your father, your uncle, your grandfather, whatever. One, Eddie Izzard portraying God as James, James Mason. Mason. So that, yes. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And always kind of like borderline incompetent. Like Eddie Izzard's version of God is just like, oh, like the, oh, just bumbling. Like, I am God. What is, I, I can't do a James Mason. I've right, right. done it. But like, just like this bumbling dipshit. And then you get these fucking <laughs> these motherfuckers <laughs> that are just like doing a, a decent James Mason impression and like making him a monkey and saying ah, monkey kick ass and just like constantly just fucking poor James Mason dude oh, like man but so when I heard him speak for the first time in this film I was like oh my god <laughs> uh Oh, uh, I, I, did, should you had to, I? You had to stop, didn't you? You had to stop uh, and be like, "Oh my God, is this too much for me?" Because should, all I'm now should, imagining. Oh yeah, should I add that? I should add that, right? Like the the audio. Yeah, I need. I should put that on there for people. I, I yeah. I mean, if we get in trouble for it, then we can just take it out. We take but it like, out. Yeah, yeah. First and foremost, you guys should. On your own, go on YouTube if we end up not supplying the, the, the fucking track. Yeah. <laughs> Preston, just seriously, go to YouTube, search Preston and Steve. Actually, I, you don't have to search Preston and Steve. You can search p- mon- monkey pick ass, and it's the first thing that comes up. It, he didn't stutter. It was, I mean, he did stutter, but it was monkey pick ass. Yeah. Like, those are the three fucking keywords. <laughs> monkey pick ass. What, see, one of my favorite parts of that whole sequence is when he goes, I don't remember how the monkey became James Mason. Like, he did he did it for so long. He just circled back. He's like, how did the... Uh, uh. All right, let's go back to the fucking movie. Dude. Oh, man. Um, this is definitely one of the, like, those episodes where it's like, yeah. all right, we talked about Kevin Conroy and Gallagher. Then we're going to talk a little bit about our shit, and then we'll be like, 
right, fuck our shit. Let's let's talk about other shit, and then all right, let's go kind of go back, and it'll still only be like a forty-five minute episode. No, it's it's over forty-five minutes for sure. But yeah, um, is it an hour? It's an hour and a half it right now. So okay, good. And I don't I don't feel as bad if it's a short episode. <clears throat> um, no, but the, the the movie was good. I all, all, in all seriousness, I I thought the movie was good. I I I got a to me. And it didn't lose my attention, but I I somewhere kind of got lost on Nemo's mission, like what he was trying to accomplish. Like that that was not very clear to me. Like I did finally figure, kind of put it together, but like I felt like I had to do the math to kind of get there. Like it it wasn't, you know what I mean? My understanding is that he he went fucking crazy. He went crazy because his wife and son were tortured to death basically in front of him mm. that was that whole there was i think there was a, there was a sequence where he's talking to uh Aranax and he says when they're talking about humanity and man and because their whole thing is that nemo is just like destroying fucking ships and right. and you know and there's this whole thing about how the ship the um the nautilus is a sea monster. Yeah. So they're just tearing down ships and um, the crew aboard, which includes fucking Peter Laurie, by the way, which of all the fucking actors like Kirk Douglas, I could see doing a Disney movie. James Mason, I could see doing a Disney movie. Peter Laurie, the guy's like, yes, master. Yeah. He's, he's the fucking, he's the Igor in like all the old ass fucking vampire Frankenstein horror films like i totally could see that yeah yeah he's like ah professor yes he's that renfield igor character in all those early horror films to the point where he even made a joke he's like you know that the squid took the role that was usually reserved for him like he's always the slimy evil monster in movies and he ends up being this kind of bumbling sidekick yeah a Um, little bit well i mean that's what igor is if you think about it, but right, but in a horror film, more or less. I mean, true, true. So, uh, Nemo was captured and tortured and somehow got away, but his wife and his son were killed in front of him and tortured in front of him, essentially. Mm. So, he managed to escape the island. The whole Volcania Island thing is like that was his base, but that's where he was tortured. He eventually went back and like killed everybody. This is based on what I remember reading and and but that's kind of my the movie. that's kind of my point. You had to read and do some math to kind of get there. Do you know? What well, I mean? he he does say a sequence. He he does. There is a whole scene where he talks with Aranax about that, and I, but it's kind of like a very brief and miss kind of right. Uh, well, that, uh, and that's speech. what I mean. It's not that again. It's not that I lost my attention, but I could have the dog could have like made me look to the sure. left or something and then it was just gone like you know. oh uh, when i watched this movie as a kid i mi- i missed so much of well, the underlying thing yeah. of humanity and is man you know a monster and blah 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 and and the secret that nemo is always talking about is nuclear fucking like it's nuclear power that's what he discovers they don't explicitly say that, but I think even in, in like the book or the original Jules Verne literature, it's more like it's like kind of like energy comprised from coal 
which at the time was kind of a big, like a new thing. Yeah, yeah, 1950. Well, the book's even earlier, but yeah, I mean. Book is like 18. Something like that. I'm trying to get Something a date. like yeah, that. I'm trying to get a date because I'm just curious. <clears throat> the whole Jules Verne thing is like, like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is absolutely ahead of its time because there weren't submarines at like you know like oh yeah, yeah he, definitely not he basically invented the concept of a of a submarine and underwater exploration first without Eng- dying the first english publishing was 1872 yeah uh but it was in france prior to that in right. 1869 so yeah <clears throat> i mean i think when the when the 50s movie came out it was all about it was definitely like oh yeah it's nuclear power that's right, how right. the Nautilus is able because the giant big fucking explosion really kind of confirms that at the end. Spoiler for those who haven't seen a movie that's from nineteen fucking fifty. Um, I you know what? It it could just be something from like all other movies where it shows like people eating weird food. It, it, in the book, it's battery powered. It's battery power, but like I remember reading something about battery power, like through coal or something. It it doesn't. In the thing that I'm reading, it doesn't get that specific. So I'm not gotcha. saying that you're okay. wrong, but it just says battery powered. But either way, it's not nuclear. It's not fucking. No, the nuclear know. was. It's saying here was specifically changed for, and they're actually right. using the word atomic. I'm not going to split hairs with you here, but I'm just saying, right? You know, so. I mean, it makes. You know, we know. Uh, uh, Doc Brown was a fan of Jules Verne. Very much so. Yeah. So maybe he, maybe, but he's also probably a big fan of the movie because he's like he got the fucking nuclear fucking shit from the Libyans. Yeah. You know, after seeing the movie, he's like, "Well, yeah. I'm not gonna do a battery. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a fucking you know nuclear." Well, I mean, it's the second movie in this grouping that deals with uh nuclear stuff because that's how he controls yep. the flubber in absent-minded professors with a with a radioactive isotope which is basically True. nuclear power you True. Know? so um yeah man i i i dug the scene i think it where... holds up which is really interesting in terms of visually speaking so like when when disney plus first became a thing and you gave me the subscription i honestly think I can't remember which what which one was the first movie that I watched. It was either Tom and Huck or it was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I think it might have been 20,000 Leagues. I, like, I think I was like, Steph, you've got to watch this one. I won't say what my first one was because it's in next week's episode, but I'll gotcha. say it then. Yeah. Gotcha. So. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I, still, I still love 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Again, when I was a kid, I fucking miss so much of it's definitely a thinking disney film like it's exciting and it's you know it's there's the giant squid and there's the sequence it's, with it eating it's dark for disney because it's even very dark. even some of the other darkness darker stuff in some of the other films that we've talked about or that we just haven't covered but like for example like the nazi stuff in bed knobs that's a mm-hmm. dark section but it's a section <clears throat> of a bigger yeah. film this whole film is very dark for, yeah, for it's a, all about humanity and revenge and insanity yeah. and for and a greed. disney for a disney produced thing that's unusual you know what i mm-hmm. mean like it's it's not a bad thing per se it's just unusual it's unusual to see a disney movie where there's blood and yeah. there's blood i mean when nemo gets shot 
there's you can see that there's blood like in his back mm-hmm. like uh, you know it soaked his his uh, jacket um but now as an adult rewatching I'm like holy shit this is way darker than I remembered I knew it was a I knew it was a dark movie but I always remembered like the giant squid being like one of the the biggest sequences of the film and it is it's definitely a huge deal for the puppetry and the sequence itself and we were talking about this earlier of how they had to like kind of you know hiding the strings originally the segment that that scene was supposed to be like kind of a serene calm setting of the ocean where it was like a sunset like it was it was going to be like this chaos of this beast attacking the submarine but like everything is calm around it but you could see the fucking the 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 fishing lines and and the strings and borderline the puppeteers basically so they had the idea of like well let's just put in a fucking fierce ass storm and that way it covers everything and that yeah. worked immeasurably well Here, here's an interesting thing in the trivia that you might just because it ties back to one of my favorite movies mm. this film has only two women appearing in in both in the beginning, the two women that Michael or Kirk Douglas uh the the scene you were referring to with the fight and all. Another submarine film also only stars two women both at the beginning, though one of them reprises that a role at the end. Did you do you know what the movie is? Hunt for Red October? Yeah. Yeah. See, I also had a feeling that you would like Twenty Thousand Leagues because of the submarine. Although October seventh, I, ha- I have to call some bullshit on there only being two women because there's actually three in Red October. Okay. Four technically, actually. Okay. Because you have Ryan's wife played by Gats- Gates McFadden f- mm-hmm. from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You have the nanny. Mm-hmm. You have the daughter, the little girl. Right. And you have the flight attendant. So you technically okay. have four women in that film. But I I got you. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sitting here going, "Oh, well, fuck that." You know, fuck this movie well, now. But that's not. You know, but you'd be like, "Well, technically, a girl becomes a woman, so fuck you." Like, you know, even, even if you take the daughter out, there's still three. Right. I'm you know. You. So yeah. How many down votes did that little bit of trivia get? Out of curiosity, because uh, that me, I scroll. Like it's interesting, but that's one of those ones where like someone supplied trivia, and everyone's like, "Fuck you." That's not worth mentioning. Of nineteen four. Four down votes, four. or it, has... it, it just says f- fifteen of nineteen people found this interesting. I don't know oh, how you see okay. down votes. Oh, if it was downvoted, it would have been like minus one or something like that. Anyways, okay. well then, so so no, more people. Found okay, it. yeah, weird. Um, they probably don't know the movies as well, <laughs> at least right. as I do. But yeah, um, there's some interesting possibilities too for uh nemo and stuff did you see some of this um i think i saw them but i don't remember them but lay them on me uh i got a gregory peck audition for the role i can absolutely see that working out because he played uh captain ahab in moby dick um and i'm trying to find the other one because this one was oh here we go uh ralph richardson was considered for the role but didn't get it I know the name Ralph Richardson, but I can't place him. And uh, uh, let me see if I can find out what he's in. Also, another Red October reference. I guess you're going to have that when you get submarine movies. But mm-hmm. uh, Ralph Richardson was in Time Bandits. 
I know you're a fan of that movie. Oh. He's the supreme okay. being. That okay. Yeah, that's how I know who he is. Okay. Okay. Um, but the the um apparently he was uh Sam, or uh, James Mason was Sam Neill's mentor. I did know that. Um I, and, I, and actually they at the t- for a while they both kind of looked similar enough. Like I it, can see it, that. It, yeah. in yeah. the heyday, Sam Neill could have played a fucking you know, he could have played a biopic. Yeah, you're Mason. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, I also know that James Mason was like really lobbied hard for like he didn't, but he was like the first choice for Bond. Even though he was like in his fucking fifties. I could have seen when, that actually. I think Oh, he would have he would have been a great Bond. He would have been a great old Bond. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um I I I still think I like the Nemo portrayal better in in Extraordinary Gentleman, but Yeah. And if they ever made that, I think that guy's too old at this point. But if they ever made that movie, um, I would have I would have watched the fuck out of that movie if they had made like a, sure with his version. Um, but there was, by the way, there was a um, I'm gonna say there was a nod to this movie in LXG, in that at one point you're in Nemo's cabin or the war room or I'm not sure what room it's supposed to be in a Nautilus but that thing on the wall with the, that moves that shows the spate, the spot of the Nautilus yeah, is very similar if not identical in function to the one that mm. is on James Mason's wall in his cabin so gotcha. Um, again whether that was obviously if that was by design it was on the LXG crew to kind of throw a nod to this obviously but um, I think the the more I realize, I think the LSG version is more accurate to the book and literary source. Like even the Nautilus itself, it was a the, huge ship in in LSG. I mean, like it was huge, but it was like long and thin. Like yes. basically, yeah. In the version we got in the James Mason version is like completely like, oh, we're gonna make a we're gonna make a spaceship look like well, underwater. It's, it's funny you say that because the design of the Nautilus was heavily modified to make it appealing for the audience. In the original novel, Nemo's ship is rather plain, described as a long cigar with its hull plates superimposed, so they resemble the scales of a fish. The height, the helmsman and reflector booths are rec- retractable. And the vessel only raises three feet over the water when at surface. Also, it has no windows or exterior features except the main hall panoramic window, which is usually kept concealed under the hull plates. And that's where I'll say that LXG followed this movie because that one had several windows as well. But Mm -hmm. so I think it's a combination of the two ships, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think they probably took both iterations. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's interesting trivia. No fishing boat would carry bananas because it was seen as bad luck by deep water fishermen to have bananas on board. I heard about that. Yeah, I, that's interesting. So, um, but that's yeah. I I dug it. I I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I would actually watch it again. I think. I mean, I don't think I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna go put it on right now. But like, you know. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you're, you're, you're going to watch it just so you can fucking imagine him saying monkey pick ass. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, I I would say that if we hadn't already done this for this, obviously, and did like a submarine thing, mm-hmm. we could have totally done this with like Red October and something else. And it would have worked just as well. 
do this red october and yellow submarine just to fucking no there's probably something else we could have done but yeah um in any event did you have anything else you wanted to add or should we see what's in the in the box office for these um no i i got i i got pretty much what i want to say as of now if anything pops in my head in the next five minutes i'll try and keep up oh one thing i do want to say actually i did like that for the underwater footage and and the when they were looking for the monster on the warship that they seem to use real documentary footage or shot new real footage of fish and i think that's pretty cool that they did that you know i agree i would not (laughs) All the, that sequence when they're all going on hunting the animals, I'm like, every one of those animals was eaten. They were captured and fucking eaten like that. It yeah, wouldn't I, surprise me. Do you think they were really dragging real sea turtles on that one yes. sequence? See, that I don't like. That I'm not okay with. But that's... I'm not okay with it, but I'm, I'm pretty po- – like, you know what? <clears throat> I'll say this. At the time when Disney was doing live-action shit, there was not a lot of regard for animals. Like there's, did you ever see Swiss family Robinson? No, no. That's another one. that's like, where it's a, it's a classic and it's entertaining. Pay attention. Like to how the animals are treated in like the background. Like they, 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 they mistreat a lot of animals to the point where if it was made now, it would have been closed down like 100%. This too, probably. I'm pretty sure that like that's those sea turtles. They they didn't fucking make it, man. Like I'm pretty sure, like they just pulled them out of the ocean and cooked them, and like the whole banquet scene wouldn't surprise me if that was legitimate. Like what they what we saw, mm. like you know, oh, uh, you know, uh, fucking un sautéed unborn octopus. Like <laughs> it probably was that. All right, so we're gonna do this in the order of release. So we're gonna start with twenty thousand leagues. Okay. I'm going to say the budget for 20,000 leagues. Oh shit. All these fucking I'm going to give what? you a, I'm going to give you a clue that I I don't normally give but it's trivia. So I think it's kind of neat. Kirk okay. Douglas has paid $175,000 for his his role in this movie, which was the most Disney had ever paid out to anyone at that time. Okay. Um can you tell me when the movie came out? Yeah, December 23rd, 1954. Okay, that's so fifty four. I'm trying to think of fifty four dollars. So, wow, one hundred seventy five thousand dollars. Jesus Christ, it's a lot of money back nineteen. That's a lot of fucking money. You know, a lot of fucking money for him to basically play himself. Without finding an inflation calculator and doing the math, I'd argue that might be more than when Jim Carrey made that first twenty million. Like, you know what Uh I mean? Like equivalently. So, Uh okay, I'm gonna say the budget is probably. Five million, nailed it. Really? Yep. Oh fucking a. Um, okay, the budget. Box, not budget. You I'm sorry, box. Uh, yeah. um, box. <sighs> this this is always the harder part. I can usually kind of guesstimate a fucking budget. It's it's a shame you don't do it, James Mason, because I would love for you to do this as James Mason. I I really should have fucking learned how to do it, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to attempt it because it's gonna. No, don't. Shit. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Also, I got fucking like Stephen Preston's fucking version of it, just fucking it up in my head. So I need to actually hear St- Stephen Preston. You, you, did you just blend the one guy into the two people into one person? What are their fucking names? Oh, it's two. Okay, no, it's Preston and Steve. But the way you said it made it you sound like his first name was Steve. His Steve, last name. A- Steve and Preston. Right. Well, it's yeah. Okay. Go ahead. 
I'm sorry. I didn't know there was a fucking order to this shit. All right. I, I'll go back to watching my fucking uh, uh, Costello and Abbott films. That's that's how it goes, right? Okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 25. Uh, always, all right. My, my first guess is always the shittiest one. 25 mil. Actually, I'll give it to you. What? It's twenty two. There's no way you were gonna get better. You were gonna get it if for I for the box office. I thought you were gonna be like, no, way higher. No. Blah, blah, blah. 20, like twenty two. Wow, I definitely made its fucking money. I mean, people. Well, went I mean, saw t- that shit. T- you know, you you thought fucking <laughs> it was ten cents a movie when we did uh, or ten cents a ticket when we did uh, nineteen sixty seven or something. So if that's your logic, these were penny films, you know. So twenty eight million dollars <laughs> is a lot of fucking money. That's that's, we, that's no. We were talking about Pinocchio, and in 1940, tickets were fucking like ten cents or some shit. All right. Well, anyway, uh, 1967. They were probably like this is 54. I know, but I mean, it's not 1940 either, so it still made up. Everybody fucking went and saw this movie, probably purely because of Kirk Douglas. This was the end. This was the end game of its time. It, so um, Jules Verne's end game. Okay, so. Uh, absent-minded professor, before you start, I do not have a budget for you to guess, and okay. I only have North American returns for the for the box office. So I can't do a budget. You can't. You, I mean, you can guess all you want. I just can't tell you if you're all right, right or wrong. Four four dollars. All right, there you go. I yeah. spot on, man. No, right on. They, I'm really good at this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the box office. Four dollars, no, um, no. That I have. Okay, uh, an, it, North American. I, I'm, I'm not going to hold you to it. But it's a very oddly specific number. I've never seen it this specific before. It wouldn't surprise me if it like just barely made like a couple million. So I'm going to start with like three million higher. Okay. Uh, twenty-two point forty. Five million. What? Say it again. I don't. I was going. I was going like very specific. All right. Um, twenty-two point five million. Lower. Okay. You're saying like a very specific thing that makes me think there's like a fucking point, and then like a bunch of fucking commas, and a. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. I'm not gonna hold Uh, you uh, to that. Yeah. Um, I said I wasn't gonna hold you to it. I just said it's very. I'm I'm having fun here. God damn it. Uh, Seventeen million. Lower. Twelve million. I'm gonna give it to you. It's eleven point four two six. I was right. It's eleven weird point seven Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I feel I feel better about that one. It made uh, wait, what? It made that much fucking money? McCreary's a pretty popular dude. Like Alright. Alright. Bed knobs. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> But Ben Knobs just by itself just sounds dirty as shit. Twist the knob, man. Twist the knob. Come on, come on, Angela. Twist my bed knob. Okay. Um, I'm going to go. Oh, I think it's got a lower budget than 20000 So I'm going to go. I'm going to go $3 million. Higher. Uh, okay. Uh, $7 million. I'll give it to you, 6.3. Okay. I have a sneaking suspicion this movie did not make as much money as they wanted, but I've been wrong before. So I'm going to say 
14 million? Higher. 15 million? <laughs> That's 17.9. I was going to see if you could get closer. I wasn't. I, I, I got yeah. closer, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like 14. You're just like. He looks straight. <laughs> you fucking strained. I love it. <laughs> well, I just wanted to see. Because it was, I mean, when we're dealing with these low numbers, it's hard to like, you know, it's different yeah. when it's like 135 million and you're like 120. It's easy for me to go higher. You know what I mean? Or whatever. When it's 17.9 and you're like 18.5, it's like, well, no, but like, like, it's like, fuck you. You were, you're, you're in the ballpark. You're just not in the same sport. No. Yeah, you're like, you're in the fucking ballpark, but you're throwing a football on a fucking uh, baseball diamond. To a hockey goalie. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm done. (laughs) Every time I fucking play this game, it's exactly how it fucking feels. Where I'm just like, I feel like I'm in Fenway Park throwing a football at a fucking dude who's like catching it with a, like he's trying to catch it. With a fucking hockey stick, like it, 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 so much of this is so hard because it deals with everything that I don't understand, which is money, math, and math. You said math twice. I don't understand math very well, man. <laughs> which brings me to my end quote: "I am not what is called a civilized man, Professor. I I have done with society for reasons that seem good to me." Therefore, I do not obey his laws. Hey everyone, it's CJ. Before we get you to the credits and the damn it, I have something to talk to you about. Rico and I decided to include the clip of the Preston and Steve show we paused to listen to during the recording. But before you hear it, I have a request from you. We never require you to pay to hear something we've done, and we're not starting to now. But I am going to ask you to consider donating to Phil Abundance, a Philadelphia-based food bank that Preston and Steve have been supporting for the last 25 years by running a food drive every year called the Camp Out for Hunger. They camp out in an RV, and they raise food and collect money that all goes to this charity. And it's a great way to help people in need who are struggling with food issues. If you're in the Philadelphia area, consider donating a non-perishable food item to any one of the drop-off locations or if it's easier and you're not in the or you're not in the area, use the link in the show notes to donate a cash amount that's comfortable for you. They take any amount that you can. Rico and I would like to thank you for your generosity and support and the Preston and Steve show for bringing this issue to the forefront. I now present to you Monkey Pickass from the Preston and Steve show. Uh, quickly, I did have a, a story that I saw that was worth passing along before we wrap things up right. here and, uh, and move on. But uh, this was kind of interesting. Uh, scientists, uppercut. scientists have uh, have determined that uh, monkeys are able to string together uh, sentences. This is really? Yes, according to research that offers the first evidence that animals might be capable of a key feature of language. When did they learn how to talk? <laughs> well, no, it's in their own language. Oh, oh. Um, Monkey sentences. Yeah. <laughs> Monkey masturbate. Monkey feces throw. <laughs> Monkeys ma- 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 masturbate. <laughs> Monkey feces throw. Uh, British... Monkey pick ass. <laughs> British science. <laughs> it's street monkey. <laughs> Less street popular. Monkey. <laughs> street monkey. Monkey masturbate. Monkey oh, feces God. throw. Monkey pick ass. Pick, pick, pick.
pig ass. Monkey pig ass. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> Monkeys. Uh, British scientists have discovered that the 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 putty nosed monkey. The putty nosed monkey in Nigeria. Yes. Sometimes communicates. You push their face onto newspaper print. Will it come up? It does. Sometimes communicates by uh, monkey putty face. <laughs> monkey putty face. <laughs> it communicates by combining sounds into sentences that has a uh, different meaning from any of its uh, monkey pick ass component calls. <laughs> An ability that was thought to be uniquely human. Really? Yes. Although uh, many animals communicate with one another using do they do impressions using calls that have a uh, particular meaning. Uh, usually a warning signifying. My name is James Mason. <laughs> James Mason, pick ass. James Mason, throw feces. <laughs> They're very talented for animals I can't understand. Uh, usually they make like warning sounds, but uh, none is. Get the f out of here! <laughs> here comes one of our many attackers in the jungle. <laughs> I believe it's a cheetah, but I can't tell. None has. Uh, none has been known to. Which one has the lines and which one has the spots? Monkey fling feces. <laughs> None has been known oh, <laughs> to combine those these alarm calls into sentences sequences similar to those of the human language. So they can piece together through their language a a a con that's a concept, is what you're saying. Yes, yes. Okay, they, they can conceptualize things. The, the findings suggest that the rudiments of syntax, a basic component of human language, may be more widespread among monkey masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> may be more widespread among among primates than is <laughs> and uh, could ultimately shed light on the evolution of this most distinctly human of traits. Do you remember um, uh, Coco? The gorilla yeah. that could get the yes. sign. sign they had a whole uh, uh, yeah. thing on uh, PBS about it. Had a kitten. Yes. All uh, ball. Now, I heard yesterday, one of my neighbors said... <laughs> yeah, it What's the kitten's name? It didn't have a tail. Like, all ball? All ball. Yeah. Oh, all ball. Monkey, all, all ball. <laughs> monkey kitten. What? Um, the, <laughs> the monkey is James <laughs> I heard someone say that Coco never killed that kitten, right? No, it died. Yeah. And they had to get another one. I heard an urban legend that Coco petted the, was petting the kitten very gingerly. No. They got, but, but they, Don't all, kill my kitten. The original all ball died. Monkey pinch ass. Monkey drink piss. It's what monkeys do, you know. I should know. Why? Because I'm a monkey. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Kathy doesn't think this. I, she doesn't too, get it. I can't because I'm going to pee my pants if I oh, land. Jesus. Um, so the putty-nosed monkey, by the way, has two main alarm call sounds. A sound known as the piao. Piao! <laughs> warns other animals against a lurking leopard. And a cough-like sound that scientists call a... How about to get the F out of here? Here comes a leopard! <laughs> Preston's sweating. Monkey pig ass! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he did the wrong defensive maneuver. <laughs> I pick my ass for pleasure, <laughs> not for defense. That's where the feces come in. <laughs> flung one at the cheetah. Oh, God. Didn't um, respond. 
anyway, the uh, the the coughing sound is called a hack. Ah, I cheated in the house. Leopard in here. Here comes a rhino. No, they they use the hack when an. Here comes the cheetah. No, they use the hack. in the grass. No, no, no. Listen, the hack the hack is used when it. When an eagle, <clears throat> no, when an eagle is hovering eagle above. nearby. Look up, sir. on the ukle. The the eagle in the eske. The piao. The piao is for the leopard, and, and the hack is for the eagle. Want to hear me do my Schwarzenegger piao? Have a monkey impression. Do the monkeys do Reagan? By the way. <laughs> I, I don't know how it swings. That's wrong. Is it a monkey James Mason? It's hard enough getting a monkey James Mason. The the monkeys uh, live in groups consisting of a single pods. adult male accompanied by several adult females and their young. And when the male utters this sentence, they they put together these different hacks and cows. <laughs> when it puts together this for a sentence consisting of up to three piaos. Followed by up to four hacks. Wow! It seems to be. It a, takes a long time if you're getting attacked, though, isn't it? It seems to be a command telling. Pow! 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 Hack! 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 Monkey! Ow! Listen, just <laughs> next time, one pow and a hack. That's all I need. <laughs> you know, you don't even have to say the whole pow. Just say puh. I'll get it. It seems, it seems to I'm be. I'm conceptualizing, don't you know? It seems to be a command telling others to move, generally defined safely. How many hacks was that? Less I want to know if it's a leopard or a panther. <laughs> so I'm going to die. We'd like to know what beast is killing me. Oh, I'm trying this. I, I, was it a hack or a piao? I'm, I'm, I'm such a douchebag. I'm looking for a llama. <laughs> <laughs> what does he have a curved palate? This <laughs> piano sounds so much like a hack. Um, it tells him to move generally to find safer, less exposed terrain. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like I don't know that. <laughs> so no, and you know what? I'll stand out here with the meerkats <laughs> with the signal flare out my ass. <laughs> Piao. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! Oh. Don't you have to teach an animal to run from prey? <laughs> no, it's a warning. Louis, what do we do again when the lion comes? Pow! You idiot! Hold on, Dave. Dave has a suggestion. Hey, Dave. Good morning. Yeah, I really, uh, man. I am just absolutely dying here. I really need to hear Monkey Dubano. <laughs> Monkey Dubano! <laughs> just threw my feces at you. Pow! Hack! <laughs> Are there Irish monkeys? Uh, sure. Oh, sure. Why not? Bono's always there. Why not? It's a putty nose monkey. So All right. Who knows? But anyhow, they apparently they have their their own language and they can actually put together sentences. I wonder on the evolutionary scale how I mean you know obviously it would take thousands and thousands of years, but how they because how long before they'll start talking? Well, Coco was. Capable of, of, I mean, whether you buy into it or not, Coco seemed very capable. You saw the special, Nick. Did that gorilla not seem to be able to communicate basic concepts? Yeah, with all ball. Yeah, with all ball. <laughs> That's my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Coco wasn't James Mason. 
I didn't even know how the monkey ended up as James Bond. He's a little pussycat. He's doing an impression. That's right. They started doing impressions because they can put together sentences. Yow! So there you go. All right. Just thought I'd pass that along. All right. All right. So Thank you. then we've got Back to the jungle for some more ass picking. We've got to take a break. Preston and Steve rock on 93.3 WMMR. CJ here with some show information and a few thank yous. After I'm done, stay tuned for the Damn It, our very own post-credit scene. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your smart speaker, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you enjoy the show as much as we hope you do, make sure to tell a friend where they can find us too. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. And like this show page, Podeskew Podcast, on Facebook. If you love music as much as I do, you should check out my alter ego, DJ Xanthus, on my radio show every Thursday from 9 p.m. to midnight-ish, and Saturday from 10 p.m. to midnight-ish, Eastern Standard Time at www.radio-airwaves.co.uk. I tend to run past midnight, hence the ish. Oh, and DJ Xanthus is on Twitter at DJXANTHUS. Make sure to follow that for show updates. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our awesome logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Check out tpublic.com slash if you want to display your love of the logo and Potaskew. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you our next episode. Don't forget the damn it. The boarding parties have already landed. This is a dark hour for history, Professor. You'll be over the summit in half an hour, sir. I estimate 20 minutes. Everything must be destroyed before they reach the lagoon. Thank you.